Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome back to the House of Pod. My name is Kave Hoda. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Today, we're talking sports ball. Sports and basketball, really, in particular. Basketball. Now, um, if you follow the show for a while, you know that I love basketball. There is no other sport in my mind that carries the same artistic expression as basketball. Some sports are great in highlights. Like baseball, good in highlights. Football, it's fine, fine sport. I'll root for the Niners, but there's nothing like basketball. It's poetry. It's beautiful. There's very few things I feel nationalistic about. Very few, increasingly few, I should say. And one of them is basketball. And I love what this country has done for the game. So I brought together a couple of friends to talk about basketball who also love basketball and to talk about in particular in terms of basketball-related injuries, which concern me um, and what I feel are increasing numbers of them over the years. So let's first start by introducing some of the guests for the show. We have producer, bandmate, friend, one of my oldest friends, Nadim Abubaker. Nadim, how are you, buddy? Good as always. Glad to be here. It's good to have you back, buddy. I, I know you only come for the basketball episodes. It was Rick Barry and this. This is like the only episodes I can drag you onto the show for. Yeah, I'm like a biannual. And that's not twice a year. That's every other year. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us also, Jason Emmanuel Petty, a.k.a. Propaganda, a.k.a. Prop, a.k.a. Ernest Slimmingway, poet, MC. I don't say rapper because nothing sounds whiter out of my mouth than when I say rapper. <laughs> Teacher. Coffee yeah. aficionado and the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Hood Politics, Jason Prop. What's up, welcome man? back. Man, you dropped all the AKAs, AKA Lewis Rich. 
horse oh. choker. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Did, oh, I was going to say, I didn't miss horse choker. No, I just made that. Like, <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> also, diehard Laker fan. You know what I'm saying? Lakers on mine. You representing yeah. Lakers and the Deems representing, representing Sacramento, the Kings. Oh, yeah. let me, let me, actually, I'm so sorry. Let me first say something to our listeners who are not um, uh, sports fans. I'm sorry. If you are amongst the medical <laughs> contingent of people who actually listens for the medical content and you're like, what are we talking about today? There is going to be some medical stuff, but it's gonna be a lot of sports. So I apologize in advance. If you need to check out of this one, I get it. But I think if you hang around, you're going to see why we love this game so much. And maybe it'll rub off on you. Joining us to talk about sports and sports-related injuries, I brought a special guest, someone I'm very excited to talk to, Dr. Nirav Pundia. He's an associate professor at UCSF in the orthopedic surgery department, and he's the director of sports medicine at Benioff Children's Hospital. And he's also an injury analyst for 95.7 The Game. It's a very popular radio station here in the Bay that does a lot of the mm. sports content that I listen to constantly. Narav, can I call you Narav? Absolutely, yeah. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you for having me. AKAs aren't as impressive as uh, everyone else's. So yeah, AKA yeah. Bone Doc, AKA <laughs> uh, what, what AKA else do they call him? Right. Yeah, what, what do, we, do we have any in the game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So uh, tell us a little bit about what what it is you do first. Let's just start with that for people who don't know, like what an orthopedic surgeon is or does. What what is it you do, and how does it relate to sports? Yeah, so really my job is to kind of help people, you know, run, jump, get back to walking. Um, and I specialize in doing it in adolescents and kids. So, you know, if you've got a muscle injury, you broke a bone, you tear a ligament, um, we fix it surgically, sometimes non-surgically. But my specialty is, uh, you know, fixing it up, you know, with cameras, small incisions, um, trying to get people back on the field. So that's really at the heart of what I do. And you, you're a big basketball fan. Do Is a lot of what you deal with basketball-related injuries? Yeah, absolutely. You know, basketball is big in the Bay Area, especially with kids. I call it the Curry effect. Everyone wants to play basketball once the Warriors got big. And, you know, unfortunately with that comes a lot of injuries. So I'd say basketball, number one, soccer for females is number one, you know, basketball being for men. And uh, yeah, see a lot of injuries with everyone trying to trying to be their favorite star. You know, it's funny because I know a lot of people who don't play basketball or have a lot of familiarity with it. Don't I don't think they give basketball players the credit that they are earned for the physical contact uh, and yeah. the physical wear and tear on their bodies. Um, I don't think people realize how common injuries are. I mean, technically it's not supposed to be a contact sport in the way football is, but there's injuries all the time. What, what are the most common types of injuries you see for basketball? Yeah, I think the most common, this is the same for professional athletes, you know, high school athletes, weekend warriors, you see a lot at foot and ankle injuries. You're going up, you're being explosive, you're, you're in the paint, you're going to be landing awkwardly. So I'd say ankle, foot injuries, number one. Then fortunately, number two, we see the big knee injuries. You see the ACL injuries, the meniscus injuries. I mean, it's people are playing such such amount of force on their bodies now. You look at a person like John Morant, you look at Zion. I mean, what these athletes are doing at their size is remarkable. But unfortunately, the joints can only take so much force. And, uh, you know, when you're trying to replicate that, when whether you're a weekend warrior or a young athlete, sometimes the body just doesn't hold up to it. So a lot of foot and ankle. And second, we see a lot of knee stuff. You, you know, back when we had Rick Barry on the show, I looked into it a little bit because I certainly felt like there was an increasing number overall of injuries in in basketball in the NBA in particular over you know just the course of me watching it you know like 20 30 years of watching it so um I mean 10 years because I'm only 20 something um but um that's not true don't look it up <laughs> anyways 
Um, but it seems like there's more and more injuries that are occurring. There's not a lot of data out there that's been shared by the NBA. There are some sports analysts that have written about it and have shown there's this general trend upwards. What's your experience following the game, working with athletes? What's What are you seeing? Yeah, I think we're definitely seeing a lot more injuries in general, whether you look at time missed, you look at kind of severe injuries, particularly when people are at the collegiate or professional level. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, these athletes, when they were playing in middle school, they're playing in high school, they weren't playing year round. You know, you play for your high school team, maybe yeah. play for a club team, and then, you, you know, you do something else, you take, you know, three, four months off. Now we're getting kids come in, you know, 18, 19, 20, who've already played almost, you know, 10, 11 years worth of basketball in their body. And then they're breaking down when they get to the NBA. So, you know, you think back at the 80s and 90s, you didn't see 21, 22, 23 year old players out for a season because they tore their ACL or, you know, they had a foot injury you know, people played and they played physical, but they were resting in the off season and they were coming in with a lot less mileage on. So I think the increase in injuries is people are coming in just with more mileage. And number two, they're playing in a much more explosive way. I mean, yeah, the eighties and nineties were very physical, but it was physical in a different way. It was physical in terms of force, in terms of like hitting each other, but you weren't seeing people explode and cut and play at the size that they were doing. So it's a combination of mileage plus the game's just more explosive these days. That's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering, uh, does load management help with that kind of stuff? I mean, I know every star does load management, every team, but then the NBA recently put out a report saying that it doesn't help. I don't know if that's because they need their stars to play or it doesn't really help. Yeah, I know that that report came out and love to see the science behind it. You know, there are a couple of studies that are out there that are actually contrary to that. And we actually looked, uh, did a study as well, too, looking at minutes played in NBA players and the more minutes they played over a, you know, a period of, you know, five to 10 games, they're more likely to get injured. So NBA published this, they didn't really show the data that's out there and it's contrary to what's out there. So, um, you know, it's a little counterintuitive and interesting enough, kind of in the, in kind of the fine print of that study, they only looked at star players. Um, they didn't really look at the whole NBA. So yeah, you know, if you've got a great athlete, you've got the Curry's, you've got the John Morant's, you've got other players, John, not a good example, because he's injured now, but in general, you're only looking at 33% of the NBA population and you're saying load management doesn't work. So I like to see the data. Um, I think there's a yeah. little bit of secondary gain behind it. Cause of course you don't want NBA star players to be load managing because no one's going to buy tickets for games then. Um, so yeah, like to see them publish it. I doubt they will, but um, I think the load management, if you look at it in every other sport, even what's published in the NBA, it works. Um, but there's a financial interest for the NBA to say that it doesn't. Yeah, I was gonna say too, like to your to your to your point earlier. I have a I have a nephew who, when he was sixth seventh grade, we all saw like, oh, this kid's D one material, you know, and and yeah, like you know, he's in eighth grade. They're sending him shoes. He's you know running around colleges and stuff. And yeah, he has no off seasons, you know, and during. And even during the season, he's got private ball, travel ball, you know, all these different tournaments he's playing in. Like he was playing every day and he's in the gym. He's in the gym like a grown man, you know, working out. And because, you know, what he was taught was like, you know, you you limit in injuries by honestly just being stronger. Like that, you, you know what I mean? If you're just stronger, it's a different situation. But, you know, senior year, CIF finals, you know, he's – He's back. He's, you know, he's behind the bleachers getting his back massaged, you know, because I'm like, you're 17 getting back spasms like this. Damn. This can't be, you know, and of course he went on. to, You know, he's playing. He's playing, I think, D2 or something like, you know, he went on to collegiate level playing. But yeah, like I'm like you this you you've 
you've played you play three seasons in one season you're playing so many different leagues yeah. and then just anecdotally was like dog this can't be right man because i feel like you gonna get yeah you're like you're gonna get to you're gonna get to get to the league and your body gonna think you've been playing for 10 years you know right yeah, ex yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, what I tell the athletes when they come in, I'm like, look, the best, your best chance for making it to the next level is not to get injured. Um, yeah. You know, and I can say that and I can preach to the parents and the coaches, but the problem is, is that you tell that to a coach, you're like, hey, coach, I'm not going to, you know, I'm only going to play 50% of the games or I'm not going to, you know, do this travel ball and, and then you don't have a spot, you know, so it's, yeah. you get money, you get AAU money, you get shoe money involved yeah. in this and then there's no way out, you know, that's the only, yeah. so we got to change that culture before, you know, you can help these kids out. Yeah. It makes me really angry when I see people complaining about stuff like that. When they complain about, like, on my day, we didn't take, you know, breaks. We didn't, we just, <laughs> you know, and it, it really bothers me. Like, I absolutely, it, I understand how if you're, if you're in the Memphis Grizzlies or you're a Grizzly fan and you go to a game and John Morant's healthy and they sit him out, I understand why that's a bummer. But, I'll understand also if they come to visit us and they're playing my team and he sits out for load management. I get it. It's not ideal. I get it. But, you know, th these are these people's lives. Like, people mm -hmm. don't understand, like, how much wear. I don't know wh how many professional NBA players get by without some surgery, like, at some point. At this point, yeah. it feels like every buddy goes under the knife at some point like i mm -hmm. i don't follow football that closely but i don't even feel like football has this many surgeries that, that happen to it you know this concussion stuff and the cte which is the real issue but i don't feel like there's a constant surgeries like chris paul breaks his hand instead of just letting it you know rest he has to get surgery for it to increase can you tell us a little bit about that for example like why why would a surgery in a situation like that be even necessary would just resting it and giving it time, like putting in the cast, letting it set, would that be another option? Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously without knowing the exact x-rays and, you know, et cetera. But in general, a lot of these surgeries are done to give someone a week, two weeks, you know, get them back on the court. Um, you know, when the regular person, first of all, would just you know, put it in a cast, rest, you don't need to, you know, get your knee scope, get this bone fixed. But, you know, a week or two for an NBA team that's trying to make the playoffs can be a big deal. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is that then you're chasing surgery after surgery after surgery, and you're never getting a chance for your body to heal because you're just trying to push push to the limits to get back on the court. So it's hard because on the back end, when we see people in clinic, they're like, why aren't you fixing this on me? Why can't you get me back three weeks earlier? Yeah. I'm like, you're 10, you know, like go to the playground. You don't need to get back for your club <laughs> basketball game, you know? But Here's a switch. Um, go yeah, fucking yeah. relax, kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah here's... <laughs> Go dig a hole, son. <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, even what you were saying, too, like, I, I think about, like, my high school ball days. Like, I was a late bloomer, so I just didn't get an adult body until college. So, like, nobody was, <laughs> nobody was, like, recruiting me. You know what I mean? I could hoop, but, like, I wasn't being recruited. Um, but I remember taking so much pride in, because this is how we were, like, in playing hurt. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a punk. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. tape it up. You know what I'm saying? Put some ice on it. Get back in there. You know? And and then it's like, and all of us, like, taking pride in that. And now this guy's ankles just don't work. You know what I mean? Like, and now we're adults and you have these, like, injuries that if you would have just, like, this is so silly. Like, just, yeah. just, like, sit down. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, pe- I, yeah. People, people have such a visceral response to that. Like these old school fans. Like I remember, I think it was Derrick Rose at some point was like, yeah, I need to rest a little bit. I'm hurting. And people were like, you fucking pussy. We're paying you all this money. And he was like, no, dude. I wanted when I'm like an old man, be able to walk and play with my kids. He said something like that. And I was like, that's fucking great. I'm so glad he said that. Because honestly, like we expect so much of these like the you know the average what's the average like a uh, career span of an nba player 5 years right. on average at best probably you know like they they are going to get these injuries and they're going to have to live with them for the rest of their life and they're not going to have the same income forever yeah. you know we it's it's crazy what we expect of them right and you think about any other field you would never like you know, any other service field or even in medicine, you wouldn't be like, well, you can operate tired because I'm here today. You know, like everyone else would be like, look, we want to maximize your performance and yeah. make sure you're, you do the best job possible, you know? But I think that something there's almost like a, when people come into that stadium and they played paid money and I understand it's very expensive for fans, but there's almost like a, well, then you have to entertain me, you know, which has its own yeah. issues behind all right. that. But it's, right. it's, you know, it's just not right. And the professional athletes have to, you know, they're humans, yeah. you know, they have to take care of themselves. Yeah. I have, I have another question that is, I mean, I don't even know if you can answer it, but like almost every retired NBA player walks the same. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? What is that walk? What is the injury? And why do they all have it? Yeah. You understand, you know the walk I'm talking about, right? Yeah. They all exactly. walk the same. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my coach used to walk like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, they all, you all walk like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a chronic knee, the knee issues. It's that mm. jumping, the running, the cartilage yeah. in the knee breaks down. And then you take their feet. I mean, you look at an NBA player's foot, feet. Yeah. They are broken down. They've had ankle sprains. They're just, yeah. you know, arthritic. So, yeah, it's the I can't get around. I'm waddling. I've got mm-hmm. that. My looks like your knees are going to fall off walk. I mean, yeah, that, it's just hard. the Jet Smith yeah. walk. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. <laughs> it's just like he got that walk. They all got that walk. Yeah. So it's just, it's just <laughs> wear and tear. Yeah. You can tell when someone, you, you're exactly right. It's so funny. You can tell when someone's playing. So I'm playing, I, you can see on my shirt here, it says coach, because I am a coach <laughs> of my son's basketball team. Yes. And we played a game against another team recently. And the coach for that team was like a parent of the, the team as well. And he was this tall dude and he had that walk. And he I had was the like, walk. Yep. He had that walk. And his son was the best player on that team because he was <laughs> clearly an NBA. He played. I'm, I think he probably played NBA at some point, um, but like uh, it was clearly like him. I knew he was going to be a problem. Like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing because oh, he dang, has got the walk. walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I mean, Narav, can anything be done about that? Like, what is that just something they have to live with? It's just like physical therapy. What what do you recommend? Yeah. I mean, I think that the only thing that you can really do, you know, besides, you know, obviously avoiding some sort of traumatic injury is that you you know, basically taking load off the joint. So that's strengthening everything around it. Load management as well too. Like if you can kind of preserve things so you can be strong, avoid the traumatic injury and just, you know, what they're doing a lot more is looking at how players jump. How do they land? Are they mechanically efficient, you know, efficient? Mm. So you take a look at, you know, a player like Chet Holmgren, right? So you're like this Mm. guy, everyone always says, oh, he would never last in the eighties or nineties, but you look at the way he runs and he jumps I mean, he's mechanically very efficient and he's saving his joints, even though he's, you know, looks like he's got a BMI of 15. Um, you know, and that's how players are athletic now. That's how they, they basically will, will work and do things. So I think it's looking at how you're running, how you're jumping and not just your brute physical force. And I think that's really how you're going to preserve these joints in the long term. Um, speaking of brute physical force, I'm just going to cram in a commercial break right now. Boom. 
Rick Mahorn and that uh that commercial in there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And we're back. Oh, with grace and beauty and dignity, we have returned from that commercial break. Um, Nadim, I think you have some, you are not a professional athlete. You're, you were a semi-pro bass player <laughs> um, and you look damn good doing that. Um, but you have some basketball related injuries as I think probably everyone yeah, here does. We but all do. Yeah. Tell, tell us, actually, I wouldn't mind sharing all our injuries at one point, but let's yeah. let Nadim, Nadim go first. Tell us. Sh- sure. Up. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just a weekend basketball warrior. So yeah, when I was 20, I tore the ACL in my right knee. Okay. And then uh, played like the best six years of basketball after that. Did the physical therapy. It was like better basketball afterwards. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. Then tore my right ACL again. And then uh, uh, did the physical therapy. Didn't come back as great. You know, uh, I would say where I was 100% before, now is probably 80, 90%. And then. I think I was about 39. I had a bucket handle tear in the same knee playing basketball. So that's a meniscus injury. And so my surgeon at the time, he was like, yo, Nadim, I think it's time you retire from playing <laughs> yeah. basketball. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stop hooping, man. Yeah. So what do you think? Is that is like, should I stay off the court? I mean, I've been off the court for five years now, but I've like, even when I go out there, it's like, I avoid going out there because I know I'm going to play. I don't yeah. even go to courts anymore because it's like he can't help himself. He's can't love, help he just loves yeah. it. He loves it. He yeah, I would. I would stay away from the court. Yeah, absolutely. You I mean, your body's old, told you. <laughs> you can't even be the old dude that just rains threes from the corner, huh? That like walks <laughs> yeah. up and down the court, just giving the ball. He set shoots. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to be so, that guy. Yeah. I can only like play with my kids now. I think. Yeah, keep it keep it low key, you know, maybe shoot on your own, but yeah, do not go to your local, you know, 55, 55-year-old gym in 20 years and play. It's just a setup for bad bad stuff. Yeah, there're just yeah. some people that just don't, I mean, are there just some people whose bodies just should not play basketball? Are you mean like is Nadim just one of those guys? His knees were never designed for this. They were designed for beauty and not for function. <laughs> no, I think that, you know, I think what a lot of people forget as well, too, is that once you get that first big injury, it doesn't matter what age you are, then it sets off that cascade where, you know, you could have the best knees in the world and something happens. And then people forget, you know, it's hard to get back to that same level, even though you feel better. And then that, that knee, I mean, it's not normal to get an ACL surgery. It's not normal for your knee to experience that, but we've gotten so good at rehab that, people expect it in the, but you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, this is what happens. You get, you know, injury on injury and then it becomes harder. Yeah. 
is any of that mental like that's what one of my friends said he was just like you just never because you're like i just i i posted and did a crossover like i've done a million times and it popped so now i'm like even just inadvertently being more ginger and not moving the way i used to because i'm scared it's gonna happen again yeah or is favoring that, the other leg or something. favoring the other leg because you're just afraid yeah no absolutely yeah, yeah, no, all the time. Yeah. And I think yeah. we, we get this impression that you get the surgery done, you see professional athletes go back and they're, you know, they're doing great. For most people afterwards, I mean, it's the traumatic part of tearing it, going through surgery, nine yeah. to 12 months of rehab. And you're like, why would I ever want to, you know, go back to it? And that's why it's even, you know, more amazing. Got my Clay Thompson jersey on is that yep. for someone like him to tear his ACL, tear his Achilles, miss almost three years and then get any degree of confidence back that you worry about this happening. It's pretty remarkable. You know, yeah. it's just, it's, I think that just speaks to volumes, how professional athletes are just built differently mentally. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do that. Yeah. So have things actually gotten better? Have there been medical advancements and like Achilles? Like I remember back in the eighties and nineties, tearing your Achilles was like a death sentence. Your career is over. Yeah. I yeah. think Dominique Wilkins was the only guy I remember who ever came back mm -hmm. like torn Achilles. Yeah. And now it's like, it's a, I wouldn't say it's common, but people tear and then they come back. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of it is it's, you know, it's still kind of the, at the you know, at the heart of it, you're still sewing two things together. Um, but I think where we've really learned, you know, with new kind of like smaller, you know, incisions and things like that is you can push the rehab a lot more. Um, so before you'd get in your Achilles, you know, you tear it, you'd be in a cast for three months and you wouldn't push rehab. And then it was just like, you know, six months not doing anything. There's no way you can make it back now. Like, you know, first week, second week, you're starting to walk, you're starting to push the rehab. So you don't get that secondary muscle issue. Um, so you see someone like Aaron Rodgers walking, you know, three, you know, three weeks after an Achilles and it's nothing to do that. They did something fancy with the surgery. We just know that we can really push the rehab. So you have the opportunity to come back. Um, whereas before you're just sitting around for six months doing nothing. And then, you know, there's your chance to be a professional athlete and it's gone. That's it raises an interesting topic for me because you are a doctor who is a sports analyst, but you don't work directly for the teams. How that must be, a, and I'm sure you know the doctors that do, yeah. that seems like it's got to be a very difficult position to be in, to be a doctor whose job is to take care of the patient, but you're also being employed by the team that wants that, that person, the patient mm, out yeah. as soon as possible. What is what is that like for those people? Is that a difficult tightrope to walk for those docs and, and both for basketball and say for football, you know, like how do they do it? What's it like for them? Yeah, I think, you know, basketball actually is pretty good. You know, know some of the team physicians for basketball. I think in general, because there's just less NBA players, there's more of a culture of let's make sure you get healed. Um, let's make sure you get back because we understand that you've got a special skill set. I think in football, that's where the line really gets pushed because, you know, the next person up there's you know lots of people waiting to get back in and um you know they're going to push back from the surgery they're going to you know go back quickly and i think where it, where it really becomes difficult are things like concussions things that don't necessarily have a yeah. distinct surgical <clears throat> thing it's like these judgment calls it's like is your stinger better is your arm moving properly can you go back in or you know i know with concussions they have independent neurologists and things like that but still i mean we all watch the games we see people who are on the sidelines and look like they've had something in their you know, they know what the right answers are to give. It's it's hard to judge. Mm -hmm. And you got the, you know, the coach yeah. right there. So it's hard, you know, and that's why I think more and more physicians don't want to do professional team coverage because it's, you know, there's risk associated with it. You know, it's, it's stressful and it just doesn't have mm -hmm. that glory of like the seventies and eighties where you could say, oh, I'm the team physician for the 49ers or, you know, whatever team. And, you know, there wasn't that stress. I think there's more and more, you know, stress on these doctors to clear athletes so they can get back because you're being, you're being employed, right? You know, yeah. you're, they're basically, yeah. you're working for the team. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that seems like an awful position to be in. I mean, and I can't imagine they're making, I don't know, that's a lot of, I mean, it's been proven. Doctors think they're immune to outside pressure, but it's been proven that we're not. That's why most residency programs, they don't let like pharma companies come in and give them free lunches and free stuff the way they used to in the past, because it's been proven that it can affect doctors and the way they make decisions. So we're not like immune to that sort of stuff. We're clearly not. That that is very um very interesting to me, especially when it comes to to football, because we all heard the stories about like you know the the doctor just giving IV toradol to everybody, and then you know football players having you know kidney issues, and football players in particular, once they stop the the game, their health goes down precipitously. It seems like is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see these retired players. I mean, it's just the, first of all, just the wear and tear on it, and then just. I mean, what they have to do to their bodies to get to that size, it's not normal to be 325 pounds and 2% body fat um, and, you know, do what you need to do to be at that level. And then suddenly you stop doing the training for that. And, you know, just the, the sheer effect of all that muscle mass turning into fat and, you know, not having the same level. It's just, it's just horrendous when you see these, prof- you know, former players who you don't have the opportunity to take care of themselves in the same way. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is like the is is normal is such a horrible word but like or should is a horrible word too but i'm like are should y'all bodies be like that like should y'all be that strong you know like is this i should you like should you you know i mean obviously it doesn't, I'm a Laker it doesn't fan. look it doesn't look yeah normal, I'll tell you. no obviously i'm a laker fan so i'm just like kobe was sent down from the gods and you know all of heaven wanted him back you know so it is what it is right <laughs> And our consolation prize was LeBron James, which is the greatest consolation prize of all time, obviously, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm just saying this, obviously, because I'm a Kobe guy. But, like, um, I'm like, all right, man, you're you're 40. Like, I, you sh- aren't you supposed to have, aren't you supposed to have atrophy? Like, are we supposed mm-hmm. to be this? Like, is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should yeah. our, but, yeah, and, like, yeah, same thing, like, with football players. I'm like, should you be that big? Right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you look at, I mean, even look compare football players from like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, like someone who was uh-huh. 250, 260, that was like the defensive lineman, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like you're 325 and you're running like a 4, 440. Um, so even though people are getting muscular and stronger, joints are still the same size. Yeah, just... Our ACLs haven't evolved to. Yeah, your bones are, you have, you have homo sapien bones. Right. <laughs> same bones, buddy. Yeah. Okay. So it, Narav, I don't know if you have kids or not. You don't have to tell me if you do. Um, no, I do. I do. Good. Okay. Um, HIPAA right here. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to break any HIPAA laws. Um, HIPPO laws. Um, but do you, uh, do you, are there any sports that you would not let them play? And are there any ones that you might with conditions? Yeah. You know, the only one, uh, just also, if you can see me through the Zoom, I'm, I'm pretty small. I probably wouldn't let my play, son play football. Um, <laughs> just because of her size. But I think, you know, part of it as well, too, is that, you know, even though there's more knowledge about concussions, I think at the NFL level, even at the college level, I think it's still not there, um, you know, at the junior high, high school level. Um, It's just, you know, it's, you know, when we look at concussions, we think about the big ones that happen on the NFL field, but Mm -hmm. it's all the repetitive head injuries that happen elementary school, junior high, high school. And then by the time you get the pros, you've already had your head hit so many times. Um, So I think, yeah, that's probably the one thing because, you know, Obviously, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I think we can fix everything, but we can't fix brain trauma. 
Um, yeah. So I think that's the thing. Like, yeah, my son's playing soccer. He tears his ACL or my daughter, you know, playing basketball has a, you know, ligament injury. You can pretty much fix it. And yeah, you you might have a joint that's kind of tough, but we can't reverse CTE. So I think that's the one where I would say, look, you know, probably don't want you to play football. You know, football's done a lot of great things for a lot of people, but I think that, you know, given the choice, um, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't have my kids play football. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am the same way. Um, you mentioned though, that if you were bigger that you, it, I mean, that was, that was part of your calculus. I don't know, even for me, if my kids turned out large, I'm a large mammal. If my kids turned out large, I, I still don't know if that would make much of a difference for me in terms of football. That's the one that concerns me the most. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, yeah, even is a bigger person, the head's a head, you know? Um, so I yeah. agree that that's, that's something. And, you know, in California right now, there's a debate about, you know, do you ban tackle football till high school? And, you know, a lot of the arguments that we've heard about, like, ah, you know, I played football when I was six and I tackled and I turned out fine. You know, like, I think now did we you, just know more. First of all, when people yeah, say, say that, I'm like, everyone always thinks they're so special and their generation's so great. I mean, just everyone's such, I was at a dinner party and we we're with these people and everyone's like, ah, oh, these kids these days, they're on their things and whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, why did you turn out so fantastic that they have to be just like us? We didn't turn out that great. Like, why does everyone? Yeah, there's a lot of things better? that I would I kind of would have done different. Wish somebody yeah. would have stopped me, you know, yeah. like, like, like I said, like, hey, man, if you're hurt, you should you should sit down. Yeah. Like that's like I wish I wish it was OK for me to be like, yeah, that hurt. I'm, I'm going to yeah. sit down. I mean, but, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the example I always use is like, yeah, people in the 70s didn't wear seatbelts in cars. Yeah, <laughs> but you still put a seatbelt on, right? You know, just because yeah, totally. you know you didn't get in an accident in the seventies, so it's you know it's that kind of thing. We can't yeah. we can't make decisions based on you know people's personal personal stories. Yeah, how you feel survivorship about survivorship bias? Yeah, survivorship bias. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. How you feel about youth like like jujitsu? I think martial arts are great. You know, I think mm. that there's you know it teaches a lot of things. First of all, it's a controlled setting. You yes. learn like discipline, you learn core strength, all those things that just gets lost these days. Um, and I think that when you put rules in it, you put respect in it. Um, yeah, obviously there's a risk with it, but I think martial arts are great. It's just for a lot of kids who don't necessarily mm -hmm. fit into the traditional quote unquote team sports thing that everyone plays. Martial yeah. arts have, it just has so much value to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm being totally fair too, I'm kind of picking on football, um, but basketball has, I, we, we can go around the table now and share the rest of our oh. injuries. I mean, I broke yeah. my nose twice, like subluxating my shoulder, a couple fingers, you know, broken here and there, sprained. So, uh, oh, an Achilles, I had a partial Achilles tear, although I know the term partial is very questionable for yeah. orthopedic <laughs> surgeons. Um, it, so it's torn. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a weird one. Um, so I, no sports perfect. I know, I know, but um, that there are some that concern me more than others. I think. I mean, there's some that the risk. Actually, let me ask you this: like, I remember when we were in high school, they would always check people for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, that heart disease or or a congenital heart condition that could lead to someone having an arrhythmia and dying, like on a basketball court with extraneous exercise or soccer, any any sport that requires that running sport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't feel like they do that anymore. Am I wrong? Are they checking for that still? Yeah, you know, some places are doing it like, you know, over here at UC, we, we bring all our, you know, athletes to the schools we covered in for cardiac screenings. It's, it's you know, in, but I think where a lot of it ends up, you know, falling on is, you know, when they go to their, their school physical or their sports physical, their primary care physician, it's, you know, not everyone can get an echo, you know, not everyone's getting an EKG, you know. So, yeah, I think in the past, you know, 
there was, you know, less people, I think, playing sports in general, so you could check it. But I agree, it's it's one of those things that we're seeing more and more people are getting cardiac stuff. You heard about, you know, obviously yeah. Ham, you know, Hamlin for football or Bronny when he was playing for US, right. you know, before he right. started for USC. So I agree. That's that's the other part of it that we don't, you know, there's beyond like the joint injuries, there's all this other stuff wrapped into it that we need a better job of screening for. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Bronny, did you have you been surprised to find that weird anti-vaccine sentiment has crept into the sports discourse it is i mean on social media it is create so like anytime you know and i do my injury analysis stuff like oh, i'm going to describe why something happened and there's always inevitably it was a vaccine it's a vaccine right. and it's almost uh, you know it's it's almost like anytime anyone brings up something happening someone you know has a cardiac issue something like yeah, that yeah they'll it's like clip together <laughs> clipping together completely unrelated clips of people who's passing out in injuries are explained yeah, and they're right. told what they are. They'd be like, well, they're all this. Well, no, they said what it was on the clip that on the clip that <laughs> yeah. you posted. Right. They said what it was. Yeah. Right. There'll yeah. be like a, there'll be like this clip of like a football player smashing his helmet into another football player's helmet, giving him a concussion. They'll be like, well, would he have done that if he didn't have the vaccine? <laughs> would he have yeah. made that decision? <laughs> like yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah, hey, well, I admit uh, they are. They have quite the social media machine to find any and everything. They really do um, to post something. So yeah, I mean it's it's there. It'll it'll be the hidden reply on on X or X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Now it's yeah. the hidden reply. Oh, there's a vaccine thing. Besides someone asking me for like a quality logo done. You know that's never always my favorite. Reply. <laughs> never never check the hidden replies. Never never. Hey, uh, I, so I texted uh, Sophie, who's like one of our like executive producers on our side, who's also like bleeds purple and gold you know we we're on a, our laker group chat where we're arguing over how much we don't like doc river's voice who uh <laughs> it i'm like clear your throat man like what is that why haven't you cleared your throat since you were a celtic which is probably partially like why we don't like him but um anyway uh so she had a question i was like yo you got a question for him and she asked like we want to know what you think like the best like luxury health and wellness item is like cryo machine or anything like that. Mm, like, and yeah. what, like, are those like really luxury ones, like really worth it? Yeah. So I always say the best thing people like that's what I buy, get a foam roller, $10 foam roller. Great thing works out, you know, soft tissue kind of works out, you know, kind of things that are tight, but actually I think the, the one luxury item I think that works really well is the Theragun or whatever brand, you know, I'm not mm, sponsored by Theragun, yep. but yep. we Nadeem, just got one. Yeah. Nadim just pulled his out right there. Yeah. Yep. Those personal experience. I mean that, you know, being over 40 now, it helps. I've heard, you know, younger athletes get it. Um, I think the, those are great because they can really work tight areas, loosen up tissue. Um, and the only other thing that I think has worked that I find a lot of long distance runners like are those compression ice boots. You know, people have those leg wraps that you see a lot of players mm -hmm. work on that kind of gives you the compression. Nice. I think those mm -hmm. are great, but Go basic, $15 foam roller, whatever version of vibrating massage gun you want. Um, I think those are really great. Then you start getting into kind of like some of the infrared sauna, red light mask yeah. things. Yeah, it just like makes whatever. you feel it's placebo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about dope. the ice baths and stuff? Like that's very popular amongst like Silicon Valley tech bros. Like they like do their bicycling, running, whatever, and they jump into an ice bath. What's the the benefit there? Is there any evidence? Yeah, I mean, there's some thought, you know, when you when you've got you know, the ice, it kind of helps with, you know, constricting blood flow and muscle recovery. You know, I, I look at ice as like kind of the basic thing, like if something's swollen, put ice on it, you know, it's mm -hmm. going to help um, the recovery stuff. 
it's hard to say. I mean, there's never going to be as randomized trial. Let's take a bunch of people, half of them jump yeah. in a hot bath, half of them jump in a cold bath and see how they do, you know, mm-hmm. probably like people cold, who are jumping in. Yeah. People who are like jumping in an ice bath are probably doing other things healthy for their life right. besides yeah. that. So yeah, I think it's always hard you, to you say. You talk about like cold plunging and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, earlier we were talking about like Ja Morant and I was just kind of wondering the Grizzlies this year have had a lot of bad luck. I mean, Steven Adams started off love that out dude. for the season love that love now, steven adams by the way i would love to have him as a warrior i love oh, yeah, that absolutely. dude yeah. he's just such <laughs> yeah, like a good dope. dude he seems he's like dope. down to yeah. earth he <laughs> doesn't take it too seriously draymond knees him in the balls like twice and he's just like cool about it yeah. and he doesn't like start shit he's so cool yeah i love so, that from a yeah john ja morant john mm. ja morant out for the season uh marcus smart dislocated his finger out for a few weeks desmond bain he's out for a few is there is that just bad luck or is there something about the team's training staff or mm. it's like what is going on there? Yeah, a lot of them were traumatic injuries, you know, like so I think you get a little bit worried when people are getting kind of like random bunch of soft tissue injuries, but yeah, Steven Adams had a PCL and a dislocated shoulder and then there was like a, you know, I think yeah, adductor injury. I mean, these are all like random traumatic things. So I think it's just bad luck. You know, you can't really tie, you know, connect those to like overuse or things like that. So some teams get runs like that, you know? So I think it's, um, it's a bad combination of stuff happening to them. Yeah. You know, I, 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 what I think part of it is, and I'm, maybe there is more to it than this in terms of training and stuff that we don't see, but like what I think part of it is, is one time when like a star goes down or one person has to step up, they really drive. I saw, I found that with the Warriors a lot. A lot of like Curry's ankle rolls in like when it was really going through that heavy series of like every couple of months, he would have like a bad ankle sprain was because like someone was out and he really had to step up and yeah. play super duper hard. And then he would hurt himself or they were in like a playoffs and someone was out. Katie would be out. And then like Clay Thompson would have hurt himself because he was trying to step up. I feel like yeah. that's a big part of it too, is like they're trying to compensate. Yeah, I agree. I think whenever athletes, I mean, all professional athletes, they need that rhythm. You need to play your whatever, 32 minutes a night, you know, have your rotations, but then suddenly that gets thrown off and you're playing 37 minutes or you're moving differently and things like that. And I think that's where injuries will occur. So absolutely. When a star player goes out, you know, we're all upset about the star player, but then I'm always looking at what's, who's the next person that's going to have that injury because they're playing differently or playing bigger minutes. Yeah. All right, I, I got I got one more question for you here, um, and it's kind of you know now that you know my my kids are getting into sports, I'm, you know you 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 hear the conversation about whether or not it's better for a kid to specialize in sport, like something that they seem to really like or maybe have a talent for, versus keeping them sort of um, playing a bunch of different sports um, before that happens where where do you land on that where do you where do you where do you feel where's like the, is there any research in terms of like one you know whether or not it's it's better for kids to play multiple different sports or two whether we're inducing burnout in kids at a really yeah. young age yeah yeah absolutely the, the data research is very clear so we know that when kids are specializing in a sport they're more likely to get injured you know like we're going to they're going to get that yeah. ACL tear when they're 11 or 12 they're more likely to burn out and drop out of sport Okay. So, and I think most people kind of get that. Like if you're doing the same thing year round, year round, you're more likely to burn out. But where we get parents coming, they'll say, look, I'm going to take that risk because I, that's the only way my kid can go professionally. But if you actually look at the data of people who play professionally, they played multiple sports longer. 
So you look mm. at NBA players, NFL players, the vast majority of them special, you know, specialize at a much later age than everyone else. Mm. Um, and that's been shown in multiple, multiple studies. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is when you talk to these club coaches, you talk to the AU coaches who have a financial incentive, they're going to tell you, you have to pay me $5,000 to play year round because that's the way you're going to get to the NBA. But if you look at NBA players, you look at NFL players, like all four starting quarterbacks were multi-sport athletes in high school or playing in the playoffs this weekend. Like they all wow. played multiple sports longer, but we just don't hear that narrative because it doesn't, yeah. doesn't generate money. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny to me. I, 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 I imagine in your job dealing with young people in general, part of the hardest part of the difficulty would be dealing with the parents. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, you have to give your kid a, a break. Seriously, I'm chill, worried. Yeah. I'm chill, like you're hurting yeah. him. Yeah, the number of parents who are trying to live through their high school, college, professional dreams to their kids is tremendous. And you'd be surprised, like a couple times, you know, I'll be like, look, I'm going to talk to your kid alone, especially when they're a little bit older. The kids get it. They understand it. They know They know their body's the one that's hurting. They're the ones not enjoying it. Yeah. A lot of them just don't want to tell their parents no. Mm. Like, it's your social life. You want to make your parents happy. So I'm just going to throw myself into year-round basketball, year-round soccer. So it's hard with the parents because, you know, they're coming from that mindset of, uh, you know, my kid needs to do it. I need to push hard. I didn't make it. So my kid's going to yeah. do it. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Don't be that person, people. Yeah. I'm talking to myself yeah. partially here yeah. too, but <laughs> don't. none of us wants to be that person. That's just right. the worst. Yeah. I, mean, with it, I definitely it, have it, like made myself because my oldest was like, I mean, I, 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 w I was an athlete, you know, but I, as far as they know, they only know me as like a performer, you know what I mean? Right. So my oldest was like dance, dance competition, you know, all this stuff. And like, you know, it was great for her, you know, these running routines, it was great. She was a great athlete for a while as, as a great dancer. She got over it after, same thing, hyper-focused, got over it, right? But for us... It was like, I mean, we tried to sign her up for other stuff. She just did. This is just what she wanted to do. So anyway, um, I was a little less invested in that because I'm like, you're the weird dad, you know, at eight in the morning that <laughs> yeah. it's all, all these like dolled up girls. And you're just like, oh, man, I'm just here for my daughter. Like, you know, um, when is her dance on? When's she on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll oh, watch the rest of these. When is, when is my kid on? Right. Yeah. So anyway, but my youngest, she's likes the contact sport she's the one in jujitsu so like i'm invested you know what i'm saying like yeah. in this and i i guess i'm asking on like the 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 a little bit more of advice because i feel like my my father you know when he was around my father was very committed to you know even after my parents split he was very committed to like my like activities and stuff yeah. like that like he would drive all over this the city just to make sure he'd make my games you know and and um and was like locked in you know what i'm saying like uh in a way that didn't feel overbearing but felt supportive you know yeah. i'm noticing my daughter more just kind of wants me to watch and shut up mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. boy is that whoa you know <laughs> is that um, easy for you or hard for you super hard like because <laughs> even if it's like i'm cheering her on like come on girl there you go you know, or like, hey, 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 you know, stop dogging it. Like, you know, like hustle up. You know what I'm saying? Like, just right. like all of the things that you would do as mm -hmm. like, I'm a girl dad. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like my my kids weren't competitive like that. Like, but this one's in this competitive thing that I'm like, mm -hmm. 
and you see potential is, is part of it. I mean, she could do it. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, have you seen my question is, have you seen parents do it well? Yeah, mm. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think I have. And I think it's it's called letting ki- letting them drive, letting the kids drive it and then support okay. what their decisions are yeah. um, as opposed to the parents driving. So, yeah, if you get a kid in who's like, look, I want to. I want to, I want a private trainer and obviously their financial stuff with that, but you know, or yeah, but nope, 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 you're not getting it. On my house. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. But I think if you let kids drive it and Mm -hmm. you, yeah, you're kind of like not pushing kids. And I always say the best thing, I always say like the car ride back, right? That's, that always differentiates a good parent from the bad parent. The good parent asks, did you have fun? How do you feel out there? Yeah, what bad parents yeah. breaking down what happened on the court or what happened at that game. So I think mm-hmm. um, you have to be there. You yeah. drive them there. That's obviously the biggest support. But I think, yeah, it's just you're you're there. And then I think the other thing is as well as too is that it's okay to get kids involved in activities just to get them involved in it, not for them to be good at it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's hard sometimes for parents to be like, look, I'm going to take you to this music class. I don't care if you're good or not, but I want you to just experience it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think we're caught up in this culture of you do something just so you can be really, really good at it as opposed to just experience it, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I think that's the parents who do it the best. Yeah. I, I agree. Although there are sometimes like for the younger kids, like when they bring their, the parents bring their kid to the sports thing and the kid's just crying because they're there and they don't want to be there. Yeah. Right. In those cases, I'm like, well, why are you doing this to your kid? Yeah. Don't force them. Don't yeah. do this. Yeah. And, Find yeah. something. And for us, it was like, you're getting off screens. It's right. it's like, like I want you to. And then she ended up taking to it. So like right. yeah. once she started taking to it, it was like, all right, well, let's go, you know? Right. And then we're definitely like, I'm learning the balance of, because again, I come from the old guard. So it's like, you're not allowed to quit anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but if she's like, I want to take a swimming class, I'm like, you can't quit. But it's like, no, (laughs) yes, you can. You know what I'm saying? But just don't like, the the thing is like people hear, hear us giving these warnings and Rob is giving this great advice about parenting, but they don't understand necessarily if they don't have kids or kids that are playing sports, how easy it is to fall into that trap of being that parent, if you're not yeah. careful of breaking right. down every play, because you think it's coming from a good place, like a place of right. love. Like you want your yeah. kid to be the best they can be and you want to help them because you want them to have everything in life and all yeah. that. And you, you're, you're doing this from a, like not a bad place necessarily, but it's not good. You know, right. it doesn't help. Yeah, I don't want you to like, no one likes losing. No one likes experiencing right. losing. Yeah. I don't like sitting here watching you lose because right. I'm standing next to that kid's dad well, he's clapping in. I'm just like, man, this dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but it's like, but if my daughter gets in the car, the first thing in her mouth is like, can we go get frozen yogurt? I'm like, you just got pinned. <laughs> like, no, you can't get no right. frozen yogurt. You're going to run laps. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, no. But I like, I've learned to be like, yes, let's go get froyo. You know what I'm saying? Because, right yeah, because like you said, it's like, I, I mean, one number one, she's eight. She don't want to compete. You know what I mean? Like she just yeah. likes going to the thing right. and doing the thing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, right, great. Right. So I think that's cool, man. You setting parents free to be like, yo, it's okay to put them in there just so they can do it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I think that's great advice. Um, any other questions for for Narav while we got him here, or, or shall we let him get back to um his painful life as a Warriors fan? <laughs> Actually, we have yeah. a painful night of EMR doing notes as you would. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. What's the oh, I have one? What's the most gnarliest like thing that came in before where you were just like, oh, 
Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is when, no matter how many times you do it, when bones are sticking out of the skin, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's what we do as orthopedic surgeons, but even it, every time I see that, I'm like, yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. All right. Well, please, people, be careful out there. Do your exercises, do your stretches, take your, your breaks, listen to your body. Nural, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Really appreciate it. Um, what can we plug for you, my friend? Uh, if, you know, if you want to follow me on uh, social media, just as at Dr. Nirak Bundia. Um, yeah, that's where I do my injury analysis, share some hot takes on the Warriors. So yeah, check me out on uh, social media. Great takes. I follow you um, and and listen for you on 95.7 The Game, uh, my favorite local sports radio station. Um, prop. Yeah. Let's 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 get some let's get some of these plugs in, my friend. Let's plug. Sure. I'm actually typing in your uh your handle right now so I can make sure I follow you. <laughs> and yeah. All right. Uh yeah, man. Um prop hip hop is all of my socials and such. The show is hood politics with prop. Um essentially, you know, this is going to be a quite a year for politics. Uh and um some of it can get a little dizzying. And what I try to do is like, just basically access prior knowledge. If you grew up in any sort of urban environment, you actually understand politics more than you think. So I just kind of like give some, uh, give some commentary and analysis to kind of translate what's going on on the show. Um, I wrote a poetry book called Terraform. I have a cold brew coffee called Terraform Cold Brew. Terraformcoldbrew.com. Coffee's good for you. Cause we did a yeah. show on it on yeah. this on this pod this podcast with deepak chopra's brother which was the <laughs> like it's still a, it's still a good like three truths and a lie game right. you know with people that i'm like i did a pod with deepak chopra's brother <laughs> on coffee yeah on coffee yes yeah, that's great so, yeah, yeah and, that's and your music and and oh and... yeah yeah and i do hip-hop music uh, my name is propaganda you know and uh so i do music and poetry you could find me on all the streaming yeah. things yeah I'm a big fan of all those things. Um, Nadim, um, what's, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything? Do you, what do you do? What do you do? Nadim? I've known you for like 30 years. What do you do? Yeah, I don't uh, do any public social media, even though I have worked for a social media company. Uh, but yeah, I'm a software engineer. And if you have to follow anybody, I guess follow Sacramento Kings. Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. Go Kings. All right, I'll accept. I like your style, man. Thank you guys all so much. What a blast. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.